0: I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you like what you hear, please follow me on Instagram, at Zibby Owens, and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy it. I am so excited to be partnering with Rockets of Awesome, which is one of my favorite places to get kids clothes. They had a pop-up in New York last year, and we would go and jump in the ball pit and buy clothes, and it was great. And now um, they're offering listeners 20% off of their Rockets of Awesome box, which comes four times a year with like a magical box of clothes that'll come and surprise and delight your kids because what's more fun than opening up a box of clothes? Well, I mean, I guess maybe a box of toys, but anyway, um, Rockets of Awesome is amazing. Go to rocketsofawesome.com slash books and the discount code is books and it will be live August 1st and I hope you enjoy it and I'll be doing the box right along with you. So this is interesting. The Boys' Club is the book we're talking about today and who I interviewed the author about. But the author, Erica Katz, is a pseudonym. So... I don't really know what her name was, but that's the name on the book. And she was great. Erica Katz, the book is The Boys Club. She is a graduate of the University of Michigan Ann Arbor and Columbia Law School and began her career at a major Manhattan law firm. She's a native of New Jersey and now lives in New York City, where she is employed at another large law firm. Boys Club is her first novel, and it was already optioned by Netflix. Welcome, Erica. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm so excited to talk to you. I feel like this has been scheduled for so long. So some of my like long lead time ones, I'm like, oh, it's finally coming up. This is exciting.
2: <laughs> I mean, this is one of the first podcasts I'm doing and I sold my book over a year ago. So you think you been- <laughs> I feel like this is... The most bizarre waiting experience of my entire life, especially because I thought it was going to look so different pre-COVID, and now I've been waiting over a year, and here we are—no launch to no impending launch to speak of.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, it's still coming out, though, right? I mean, yeah, no launch party. I mean. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I was like, yeah. I was like, I didn't get the memo on that. Okay, No, yeah. no readings, no nothing. So it's you know, it's interesting. Oh, it's so, I mean, I just, my heart really goes out to everybody who this has happened to. It's just insane. Oh, gosh. This is like small potatoes compared to how some people are affected by COVID.
2: It just looks different from how I thought it would, but, you know, it's all good. I'm super excited about it.
0: So tell me, okay, take me back to when you decided to write this book. I know that you're a lawyer, there's a lot of stuff about a firm that you made up, but you also work for a firm. This is a pseudonym, which I, is a whole nother conversation, which I'm totally impressed you can pull off in today's day and age. So take me, take me back into when, like, did you always like to write? Is this, has this been a lifelong dream? Was it a lark? Just like, how did we get here?
2: So I always loved to read and write. I think I never did anything with professional aspirations, but it was always in the dialogue of my life that I love to write, et cetera. English sort of is a way my brain works and writing things down is a lot of how I make sense of things. I was always sort of that, you know, angsty teenager that would write letters that I never sent, you know, to my parents and I was mad at them or some, you know, like boyfriend, whatever that means. (laughs) And I would just write them down and never send them. And I sort of Got older, I don't think I could compute how to make a living creative writing. And so I think I went to law school more to be financially independent than I did because I had any true passion about being an attorney. I come from a family of doctors and you know I was told it's really important to have a profession and I get grossed out by sickness and I don't like touching people I don't know so that sort of left me with law school because there was no way I was becoming a physician.
0: I love how you put that in the book and I guess maybe this is something your parents said to you like they, the expectation of the main character's parents were that she'd be a doctor or a lawyer or and then it like trails off and those are the options. <laughs> yes I I think my parents still struggle
2: with a more creative pursuit of a life, but they've been unbelievably supportive. But I think it was like last week, my mom asked me, when can we officially consider you an author? And I was like, I think now, like, but I think she meant like, are you going to write another, like, what? And I, you know, it's it's always like that with them. I think they're just really sort of science minded, you know, regular paychecks and 401ks, and I don't regret it all or you know, bemoan at all that they instilled that within me because law school was a tremendous education. And so I I went to law school and I became a lawyer, and everyone says as soon as I say that I was a lawyer and I wrote a book, every lawyer I know hates it, you know, so great that you're becoming an author. And the truth is, I don't, I didn't hate it. I don't hate it. I actually really liked it. I just, it wasn't, I think my highest and best use as a human being. And I also didn't feel any real need to write creatively until it was about like 2016 going into 2017. And and Trump was running and Brett Kavanaugh was having his confirmation hearings and the Me Too movement was at a boiling point. And I was having a ton of sense, make ton of difficulty making sense of the world around me. And I started to write with no real aim at writing a novel. But the interesting thing was that the book didn't come out in like the letters I had written when I was younger, all first person. It came out first person fiction, which I thought was really interesting. And I think a lot of things that I felt and thought actually were said from other characters' perspectives, which psychologically was very interesting to me. But in retrospect, the more I talk about the process of writing the book, I did write because I was having trouble understanding the perspectives of people around me and i think in the most beautiful way this book was sort of a therapy for me because i had to understand these other perspectives in the novel and i think it made me like a like you know the psychological term is i guess like less judgmental and more settled but honestly it just chilled me out to write a novel so you know it was all it was all great it was good fun and i got a lot out of it and i hope everyone else does too
0: that's awesome so what was it like like when were you doing this did you go to work and then write at night or like when did you get it all done So I tried for a little while, I tried everything to do it in the same
2: days that I worked. I tried waking up at like 5am and going for a run and then writing. I tried, you know, it's kind of difficult as a corporate lawyer to duck out early, but I tried that. What I ended up doing was taking chunks of vacation time for like a year and a half period. And rather than vacationing, I would just lock myself in my apartment and try to write this book. And in between I would jot down ideas, but I found my legal brain so separate from my creative brain that it was really difficult to come home from work and write or, like, start checking my email and then go into writing. You know, I think part of being an attorney and even working in a law firm, I stopped practicing. And so still working in a law firm is... Just so precise. Like the objective every day is not to mince words, and you know to be as direct as possible. And I think that's not the objective when you're writing, and you're given a lot more leeway to explain your thoughts. And I feel lucky that HarperCollins sort of gave me the leeway to explain my thoughts for as long as or as short as I wanted to. And it's so different from law. So so I used to take time away and write. And everyone thought I was nuts. I mean, my at first, my friends gave me a hard time. My family told me I was going to like short circuit that the point of a vacation is to vacate your life when I was just sort of cranking away. And I think what people didn't realize is that writing is a complete vacation for me. I love it. I mean, it's a way to get out of myself. And I felt very refreshed and invigorated after these weeks that I would spend writing. It was a little double life-ish and super weird to return to work. And everyone's like, where were you? And like, sometimes I'd lie and I'd be like, I was at my beach, my parents' beach house, which just like doesn't exist. But other times I would just like, you know, change the subject and explain why I wasn't tan coming back from beach vacation. But yeah, it was, it was an interesting way to do it. And that's how I did it. Who knows if one day I won't have to take vacations from law to write a book and I'll just write books.
0: Why did you feel like you had to hide that? From work? Yeah. No, why so, like, Why did you not feel like you could say I hid in my closet and wrote a book? Like, I think that's the coolest thing I've ever heard, but.
2: <laughs> right. Well, I think it raises some eyebrows, Like because then in my mind, and by the way, you know, this is all in my mind. The inevitable question would be, what's the book about? And then it would say a law firm. And then I just felt like it would just need so much explanation before I even knew what it was. And I didn't know what it was at first. I mean, the iterations of this book were focused initially on the first draft I wrote. If you can even consider it a draft, it might just be like a different novel entirely that I threw out, but it was focused on an inter-office relationship, like an affair. And then I reread it and I very quickly realized it was so flat and I wasn't even interested in it. And I was far more interested in the relationships around the affair, which I think is what the boys club focuses on. I mean, I think those friendships are really strong. I think that the other females in the firm come through a lot stronger. So I didn't even know what it was, considering I never did an outline for this. <laughs> So like the idea of someone else asking me to explain it was absolutely terrifying. It had less to do with the judgment behind the questions and just like, I didn't even know it. it felt a little ridiculous. So yeah, I just kept it sort of to myself for a while.
0: And was this, I mean, I'm sure everyone will ask you and I hate asking questions that everybody asks, but in terms of like the autobiographical element, like Did you call 911 during your first orientation? Did someone in the room do that by accident? Like, where are you getting all these little snippets or are they, is it a mishmash?
2: So I think the answer is it is a mishmash. I, not to toot my own horror, but I think some of the funnier things are totally made up. Actually, the first draft of the book was more autobiographical than the final. And I think sort of things spudded from reality and my Imagination. I've always had a big imagination, sort of took them and ran with them. But, you know, no, I've never forgotten my pants at work. (laughs) Uh, I've actually never done cocaine. I had to like Google what does cocaine feel like? I'm really like not a drug person. My like, I'd rather drink. And there's just so many drugs in the book. And like, there are funny things. Like, I think the first draft I turned in said, the character bought like a dime bag of cocaine and my editor called me like hysterically laughing at me. (laughs) Like that doesn't make any sense. That would be like nothing. And I was like, I don't get it. And she's like, it's 10 bucks. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even know that. (laughs) But yeah, like stuff like that. And yeah, I think it's testament to the fact that you can write realistically, as long as you're willing to put in the legwork of trying to understand someone else's perspective, which I really tried to do. I took a lot of time. I mean, I, I think you were asking more of the funny anecdotes, but there's a sexual assault in the book, which never happened to me. And I spent a ton of time reading firsthand accounts and interviews and police transcripts of of victims of sexual assault and crying my eyes out and having a difficult time dating in New York because, you know, everyone just seemed like a predator to me. But yeah, I think I hope I hope I did justice to the voice of those people. And yeah, a lot, most of the book is completely fabricated. Some of it has buds of reality, I think. I actually think the only thing that's truly, truly real is the hours or the hours you work as a first year associate. That It was, I mean, for me, it was a grind and for Alex, it's a grind. So I think that like tension you feel in a high stakes work environment, that was sort of probably the most real thing in the book for me.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods,
0: month, which is so much less than traditional therapy. And you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from. So you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash moms don't have time. So how did you deal with like the sort of Almost self imposed PTSD with like tons and tons of research on a really painful, upsetting topic. How did you sort of weave your way out of that fear? Or have you?
2: Yeah, I think actually, from what I can understand, it's a lot the way it happens for people who go through it is like you process it, you talk about it. For me, I wrote about it. That was a great therapy for me. And you meet people in your life who, show you that they're not that way. And sooner or later, you know, you're not just pretending that you're not worried about it. You're just actually not worried about it. And I think that that happened on a far more condensed timeline for me because it was only my imagination, thank God, involved. But I could see the process just taking such a long time and being so grueling. And, you know, you really needing to put in the work as you go through the motions of pretending you're okay and you know, sooner or later, your head catches up to your body if you just sort of live your life. So it was a great lesson for me on how to cope with things. And I hope I never really get any closer to it than that, because it was hard for me and I wasn't that close to it.
0: Wow. I love how you put in, you know, transcripts and, you know, court-ish things. And, you know, I just love like the authenticity, I guess it brings. And I was like... Did you read the
2: transcripts? I always wonder. Yeah. In here? In the book?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. I was trying to keep track. Like, I'm like, I know the defendant. I mean, not to sound like a moron, but like, that's not my area. You know, I'm not a lawyer. I wonder
2: if people, I think the majority of people probably don't read as closely as you and also don't know the nomenclature and will gloss over it. But I think there's like little nuggets in there that are quite interesting if if people put in the time.
0: Personally, like I love in books where things get inserted that you're not expecting or that look different or feel different or... I don't know. It's like sometimes there's a picture in a book. I don't know. Just like I like that. I I read so many books that I love when the form itself takes on a unique shape. So I I thought it was really cool. And so actually, like that makes me pay more attention to those passages because I think like why? Like why did she put that in? What was the role of that? Why didn't she just summarize that? What am I supposed to get out of this? I don't know. So I think those are really cool.
2: That's great. Yeah. And I think I put those in like original, like transcript form, just because at the time I was writing, I kept seeing these victims, you know, unequivocal victims just raped over the coals for things they had done in the past or the general chit chat around like the chatter around them in popular circles was, but she slept with a million, you know, like, whatever victim shaming and what, what have you. And it just seems so ridiculous to me, like how, how people contextualize other people's lives. And so I really felt strongly that I wanted you to see Alex have to defend her choices that had nothing to do with the trial she was a part of. And additionally, like I felt really strongly that she needed to be super imperfect. Unfortunately, I keep getting the question about the unlikable protagonist, but I really like her. <laughs> but I just think she's super imperfect. Like, you know, she she got caught up in the materialism and You know, some of the stuff she says to her parents sometimes is admittedly things that I've sometimes thought, but I hope I don't say quite as abrasively as she does. And yeah, and she's just super imperfect, but I don't dislike her. And I hope my hope is that it can get people more comfortable when they see and hear transcripts from court reports or watch a trial on TV, that this is like a human who had all these decisions before and after whatever they're being involved in court for. And part of sifting through the truth is to not judge, I think, right? It doesn't make a crime any less punishable because the victim is unlikable, as some people would say. So
0: Interesting. Well, so tell me about not using your real name. What's that about? So I
2: still work at a law firm and I think that I wanted, I, I just didn't want the book. It has less to do with any sort of publicity than it does. The fact similar to what I was just saying. So it's a great transition. I didn't want the book to be about me. I think it loses its value as soon as people start dismissing it as a true story, because people will make assumptions about me and people will start to talk about what firm I'm involved in. And I, I think my like next statement might surprise people. I'm worried that it will curtail the honest conversation about the character and the protagonist and where she made mistakes. Like, I wonder if people are just so much more comfortable talking about faults of people who don't exist, right? I don't want it to be like some sort of Value judgment on my life. First of all, it's fiction. But second of all, I think people are reluctant to say, like, God, Alex really made a mistake by doing X, Y, and Z. And like, where was she wrong? And where did she really mess up? And where was she not a friend of women? And where was she like an aggressor to her friends? And things like that. And I think people, I think fiction is a really beautiful vehicle for doing that. And the fact that my life parallels hers in any capacity, I think makes people dismiss it as nonfiction.
0: Mm -hmm. People love to do that. One unfortunate byproduct of fiction is that that's everyone's first assumption.
2: Absolutely. I'm like, I don't want people to focus on what firms i've worked for i want them to talk about classical and fitch and the structure of classical and fitch and how it's messed up and how it works and how they miss the mark on how to promote diversity and it has nothing to do with the firms i have worked at but i want people to talk about that rather than guessing where they are right i just think it's great if people can look at it as a work of fiction because i've again part of what i wrote is like i see the way people talk when they think it's real and it's not a productive conversation right so if no one's worried about offending anyone or victim blaming or doing whatever, because these people and things don't exist, then I wonder where we'll get, like, how can you promote diversity? How could, you know, Derek's character have been kept around and his talent sort of better utilized and how could he have been made more comfortable and all of that without wondering if Derek's going to get offended and, you know,
0: whatever. I wrote this novel, which I will probably just keep in a drawer at this point but i wrote this novel and in it i included like and it was fiction i made it up like i really did but i showed it to my mother and she immediately assumed it was about my my ex husband and was like she writes me back in all caps and was like what a bastard and i was like what no I, it's fiction i made it up i made up things that were specifically not anything that happened because i made it up <laughs> so anyway i don't know you just can't I win don't know. Yeah,
2: I think there was this period of like, I want to say it took I'm super close with my family. And I think there was like, I mean, my sister is my best friend. So I don't think she ever really like, didn't believe that it was fiction. But there was this period where like, I could feel my older brother and my parents just like every once in a while looking at me like, Mm -hmm. she do a ton of of cocaine and sleep with a partner. (laughs) (laughs) and I was like having dinner like when I could feel it yeah and I think they got over it I think my dad really worried about the assault being real Mm -hmm. and
1: never you know and
2: asked me just like to confirm more than anyone else in my family that it was fiction and I you know my agent who's like amazing just you know, said to me, everyone's going to think this is you until you write your second book. So, mm. you know, in a way to get me motivated. So the second book is totally different. I'm about halfway done with it. And I hope maybe that chills people out from, getting the, you know, the guessing game with me.
0: Oh, good. Well, good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't the, it's being made into a, a series or a movie or you have big news of some sort, right?
2: So it got optioned as a movie by Netflix. And I hope you're right. And it's being made. But I think things are a bit stalled in the industry. Right now, the the script is in the works, so you know, fingers and toes. But it has been option, but I don't know if it will be made. I really hope it will as a feature film.
0: That's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the best first step. You gotta you gotta take that step.
2: Totally. (laughs) Totally. I would love to see it on the screen. I think it'd be
0: too cool. What advice would you have for aspiring authors?
2: I mean, not like I'm really any expert. Maybe I can give advice next time. Like my mom said, like, when can you consider yourself an author?
0: I think you should tell your mom that you and I spoke (laughs) and you can officially call yourself an author now. I am holding this book (laughs) in my hands and I read it and I am not your friend, like I didn't know you. And so there. that I think constitutes being an author.
2: (laughs) I think any advice I would give,
0: so this is not
2: my advice that I think I've come up with by myself is, and it's true for writing and it's true for life, which is don't be afraid to realize what's not working and shift gears. I think that's a lesson that lots of determined women learn too late. And I told, like I said, I read that first draft, which I thought was genius, by the way, while I was writing it. And it just felt flat. And I, you know, I thought about the hours. I thought about the vacation days I took writing it. And there was a like a small voice inside me that said, should you just turn it in and see if anyone else likes it? But if you're not, if, if the real you isn't 100% satisfied with it, no one else is going to buy it. So don't be afraid to be your own toughest critic and shift gears and put in the hours and just for the record I don't think those hours are ever wasted because at least if you keep the same character or even if you don't you learn so much about what you're writing like the person who I wrote about an inter-office affair was Alex Vogel and I want to say 10% of what I wrote made it into the final book but I learned so much about her by writing those chapters that I think it made her a stronger character in the end. So my advice is don't be afraid to throw out what you've done if it's not great and and be your own toughest critic. The second piece of advice, an editor at Random House named Peter Gethers, who's amazing, gave me, which was don't write immediately. Like, have a thought, let it marinate, take a weekend away, go for a walk, play it out in your mind, let it sit for weeks even, and then, you know, and then write, which was just, it hadn't even occurred to me to sort of, when I had a great thought, not write, maybe jot it down, but not sit down and start writing in paragraph form. And I think it actually really helped you write a better novel.
0: Awesome. Well, Erica, thank you. Congratulations on being an author, Uh, officially an author. I'm really excited for you to have your book finally come out. And yeah, great job. I'm so glad you like took the time to spend your vacation writing it because look at all the people you're going to entertain. It's pretty awesome. Time right. well spent. <laughs> Thank you for reading. No problem. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. you Thanks. Well. Thanks. You too. Bye. Thanks again for listening to my podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you liked this episode, please follow me on Instagram at ziviowens Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and sign up for my mailing list at zivyowens.com so you can always hear about the latest things I'm up to. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much to Rockets of Awesome for giving us a discount of 20% off your four times a year boxes. Uh, Rocketsofawesome.com slash books and discount code books. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You can always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com.